0: That is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message.
1: Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. More than enough money. If I can draw your attention. Verse 42 says, yeah, they all ate and they all were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. And the number of men who had eaten was 5,000. Everybody ate. And everybody was satisfied. This miracle of provision. It's everybody ate. But not only did everybody eat. But everybody was satisfied. Everybody has an appetite. Everybody in this room has an appetite. Everybody in this room has appetites. In this encounter with Christ. And this encounter with the Messiah, everybody's appetite was not only filled, but satisfied. Are you satisfied? Are you satisfied? When I was younger in the children's choir, we used to sing a song that said, satisfied, satisfied with Jesus, satisfied with Jesus, said he'd be my comfort, said he'd be my guide. Look at my hands, they are new. Look at my feet, they're brand new too. (laughs) Ever since that wonderful day, my soul is satisfied. Seven years old, singing about a satisfied soul. You don't even know nothing about dissatisfaction when you ate. You don't know anything about dissatisfaction when you 10. You don't really know what it means to be satisfied or not satisfied till you crack at least, 20. you got to be at least 25 to start wondering whether or not you really are satisfied. Because what you think is satisfying to you may not be satisfying to you and you may not know that till you get it. I guess I'm by myself. I guess I'm the only one who thought that that was going to satisfy me until I got it. Then when I got it, I realized, you know what? I thought this was great, and I thought this was when I thought this is who I I thought that this was the thing, and I thought this was going to make me satisfied, but I wasn't satisfied. Everybody ate, and everybody was satisfied satisfies my happy soul. That's a hymn we used to sing in the church I grew up in. He satisfies my happy soul. This wonderful salvation, how it satisfies my soul. Satisfaction is different than fed. Most people who are fed in the world are not satisfied. Now, here in this country, we eat even when we're not hungry. I wish I had a witness. We eat because it tastes good. And the minute we're full, we still will keep on eating. But most people in the world have just enough food to eat and still move on and live their lives. Most people. Do not eat and become satisfied, but I would contend that most people who are dealing with an appetite don't really know satisfaction. That's so why David said in Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, from destruction, and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle." See, my contention is the reason why some of us feel old is because we never have really been satisfied. There's something about satisfaction that make you feel young again. There's something about the fulfillment of your dream. There's something about the fulfillment of your prayer. There's something about God answering you and a satisfaction coming on your life that makes you want to live longer. I pray that God will fill your days and you will live the number of your days he will fulfill and you'll want him to. I don't just pray you live 90 years, I pray you live 90 happy, anointed, powerful, full of passion, chasing after what's next, talking to folk. I rebuke you dying and old and, and all crickety and can't go nowhere, no, no. I pray that you will walk with a cane and not need it. Lean on it just to be an OG. Gentlemen, I pray that you will get gray and lose your fear of anybody young, I pray that God will fill you with passion and purpose. I pray you go to your grave. Believe God for something that you still have yet to see because your faith don't never die. Who am I talking to this morning? I pray that God will move over your life in the next few days. I'm praying that in the next few days, few weeks, few months, that God will move in your life in such a way that it will satisfy your mouth with something so good that if you're 50, you'll feel 30. If you're 60, you'll feel 20. If you're 70, you'll feel 50. If you are 30, you'll feel 30. God help you. 30. I mean old. David says, I bless the Lord because he satisfies my mouth with something good. And it made me want to live longer. Oh, I'm not ready to die yet because it made me want to live longer. Lord has done something in my life now, and I want to live longer. I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm not ready to be done. I'm not ready to die. I'm ready to move on and go forward. I, I, I realize in, in the story, and I'm, I'm still just on the beginning, but they ate and they were satisfied. This story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 is represented in every one of the Gospels. Every gospel has a record of this story of Jesus and this miraculous moment of provision. Gentlemen, I just want you to know that one of the reasons why this story was so key to the children of Israel is because the Messiah was supposed to be a military leader. The Messiah wasn't just supposed to be a spiritual leader, The Messiah was supposed to be someone that led them into victory. Because at this time, the children of Israel are under the boot of the Romans. Their land is occupied. It's almost impossible for us to really acknowledge it or understand it because we've never really been occupied although honestly those of us in here who are of African American descent those of us who are of African American descent understand what it means for a people to so take over your continent that they decide to put you under their boot the children of Israel hated the Romans The Romans came through and enslaved everybody. The Romans came through and raped your daughters. The Romans came through and plundered and took what you had and used it for them to be rich and barely left you enough just to survive. The Romans were hated. The expectation of the Messiah was for him to lead them in a military campaign against the Romans. All right, all right. If you are theologically educated you'll know that Judas Iscariot, Iscariot's not his name. The Iscariots are a group of zealots who want to overthrow the Romans. So there are some who, that, that there's some conjecture that Judas either Betrayed Jesus because he figured this will make Jesus fight. Maybe he put Jesus in that situation because he knew Jesus had power and he figured that this would force Jesus. He certainly didn't expect Jesus to die at the hands of the Romans. This is some conjecture. I'm not saying this, but this is what some believe, that the expectation of Jesus to be a military ruler is a part of why Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. I I might as well make some money on it. But he betrayed him because he was trying to push Jesus' powers out to defeat the Romans. And that's why feeding 5,000 men is significant because if you have miracle power to feed 5,000 men, then you don't have to worry about your supply lines when it comes to war. If you've got somebody that can perform a miracle and feed everybody, then when we have to go to war, we never have to worry about what's going to happen if we ever have to go to war because there's a God On our side, who can miraculously provide our bellies with what we need? I trust that that little historical, theological breakdown is not so deep that it went over your head. Because I'm praying that as we prepare for war on the enemy. May God himself help us to know that he will fill our bellies. Gentlemen, may God himself let us know that he is ready to fill us so we can fight. Because you need bread if you're going to be a fighter. This story is told in every one of the Gospels, particularly in the Gospel of John. I read it out of Mark today. But the story is told in John. The fact that the story made John is significant, because John's gospel is different than Matthew and Mark and Luke. Because what Matthew and Mark and Luke are trying to do is give you a picture of the time of Jesus. Matthew and Mark and Luke are almost trying to give you a report or almost like a biographical picture of what Jesus did in his ministry they mostly start when he was born they go through his baptism and they kind of lead all the way up to the crucifixion Matthew and Mark and John Matthew and Mark and Luke are trying to give you a report of what happened with Jesus in the earth where John has a totally different goal John writes his gospel so that you will know that Jesus is the Messiah. John writes his gospel so that you will know that Jesus wasn't just some man, that Jesus wasn't just some prophet, that Jesus wasn't just something ordinary. John wrote his gospel for you to know that Jesus had power. Back in the day they used to say power. Jesus had power. Then John wrote his gospel because he wanted you all and me to know the anointed Jesus the power of Jesus. He didn't care about you knowing how he was born in his mama's name. He didn't care about you knowing who he grew up with and his cousins and them. He didn't care about you knowing where they went to get dinner one time. He didn't care about that. He figured the most important thing for you to know about Jesus is that he is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He is the son of the living God. Oh my Lord. I tell you what. You can read and study and go to seminary if you want to. But you better leave out of there with an understanding that the God you serve has power. John only tells, John only reports seven miracles. We know that Jesus did so many miracles you can barely count them. But John only gives you seven miracles. He's giving you these seven miracles that are proof that he's the Messiah Proof that he fulfills every prophecy of the Messiah, just what John does. I'll give you the seven really quickly. And then I'll talk about this one because it's powerful. So the seven miracles that he, that he uh, communicates is Jesus turning the water into wine, the wedding at Cana, and Jesus healing the nobleman's son, and the healing at the sheep gate pool, and then the walking on the water, then feeding the 5,000. That's what we're looking at today. Feeding the 5,000, healing the man born blind, and raising Lazarus from the dead. Those are the seven miracles that John reports in his gospel, and feeding the 5,000 made his list.
0: If you are in the Charlotte, North Carolina area and want to see Pastor Andy live, he and WOCC will be doing a pop up worship service on July 3rd, 2022. The service will be at the Knight Theater in downtown Charlotte at 10 a.m. Visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast to save your seat, and we will see you there.
1: So ladies and gentlemen in the room, all of you that are watching around the world, I want you to understand that for John the Revelator to write a book to prove that Jesus was the Messiah and mentioned and decided that this story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 was important enough to include means that this is a significant miracle that I would like us to analyze. This is serious. This is a story of miracle provision. I don't know who I'm talking to. Miracle provision of all of the stuff that Jesus did. Folks, he healed, blinded eyes he opened, dead men he raised, water he walked on. There is also a part of messianic power that has to do with miracle provision. That means when you decide to turn your life over to Christ, you have a right to expect God to work a miracle in your life that has to do with provision that's going to speak faith over everybody in the room. If you did not know that, if all you thought he did was he was a healer, if all you thought he was was a mind regulator, if all you thought he was was a doctor and a lawyer, and if that's all you thought, praise God, there's another thing that he does, and that is he is somebody that can miracle provision to you in your moment of need. I mean, can I get a witness in the building? Is, it, is there anybody that can say, yeah, Pastor Andy, yeah, I have a witness. I, I have a testimony where I didn't know how that was going to happen, but somehow a check came in the mail or something took place or I, or I had an ID and it took off or I started this thing and I got had more than I thought and I just and they just gave me a job that I, I, I went and I interviewed for it and they gave me the job in the interview while I was interviewing, they gave me the job. They didn't even wait. They gave it to me and now I making more money than I ever made and I kind of get it and I kind of don't and I don't really understand and I realize to God be the glory for what he's done in my life. (laughs) Who am I talking to? Gentlemen, who am I talking to? Somehow God made a way. I don't know about you. Maybe it's never happened. Maybe no one's ever told you this or maybe they have, but let me tell you, you have every right to expect for God to work a miracle in your life that has to do with you having more than enough. Now, let's look at the story. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the story and, we'll, and I'm going to pray for you. But it says, it says the, gap, the, the apostles gathered around Jesus, reported him all that they had done and taught. So many people were coming, going. They did not have a chance to eat. He said to them, Hey, come by yourselves with me to a quiet place. Let's get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. When you read the other gospels, particularly uh, Matthew and Luke, when you read the other gospels, not so much here, not in John, but even here in Mark. If you look right at the end, uh, but right before this, you'll see it just in Mark six. If you look a few verses earlier, and I won't take the time to read it, but you'll notice that John the Baptist has just been killed before this. John the Baptist has just been killed. I just want to throw that out there, that John the Baptist has been killed. It's my first point. John the Baptist is Jesus' cousin. John the Baptist is just a few months older. Then Jesus, if you know your Bible, you know that both Elizabeth and Mary got pregnant right around the same time. As a matter of fact, Mary went to visit Elizabeth when she was in her fifth month. And when Elizabeth heard Mary, the baby leaped in her stomach and she was filled with the Holy Spirit and started to prophesy. That was John the Baptist in there. That means that John the Baptist was in his mama's womb and Jesus was in Mary's womb at the same time their mothers were related Jesus and John the Baptist were related more likely than not they grew up together so John the Baptist getting killed isn't just something that you can just shrug off if you're Jesus I want you to allow for the humanity of Christ and allow for the possibility that maybe a part of the reason why Jesus wanted to get away and get a rest and wanted to get into a boat and go someplace by himself is because it wasn't necessarily his best day. Because they done killed his cousin, they done killed somebody he grew up with, they have killed someone who was righteous they have killed someone for preaching the gospel the hate got so big and Herod's hate got so strong that even though John the Baptist was right they killed him folk who were wrong killed a right somebody I'm just going to let that marinate for a minute because I know I'm not the only one who sometimes wonders. Now, Lord, are you only going to let wicked people prosper? Are you only going to let heathens do well? Are you only going to do good for the people who are stank and nasty and who ain't got nothing together? And what's worse is that folk who are evil have at times killed people that were righteous. Jesus is not happy about it. I would like to submit for your consideration that Jesus is in pain, but even in your pain, you still bless the people. You're at a whole nother level if you can bless people in the middle of your pain. I'm just going to speak that right now. You know you've grown and mature when everything don't have to be perfect for you, for you to help somebody. You know that you really are somebody when in your darkest moment you can turn your eyes off yourself and have compassion on people who are in a worse situation than you. Who am I talking to? When you can say, this is a dark day for me, but I'll still pray for you. God is on your life now. This is a tough day for Jesus, but he still ministered to the people. He had compassion on people. I don't know about you, but it's hard to have compassion when I'm annoyed They talk to this side. And when I'm annoyed, you've got to be careful when I'm hangry. I mean hungry. You've got to watch what you say when something's on my nerve. I don't have a whole lot of compassion for a whole lot of foolishness. I'll snap on you if I'm too upset. I love this about Jesus. He's so above what's going on that even when they done killed his cousin, they cut his cousin's head off for no reason because somebody danced and made a king happy and and then the woman hated John because he done talked truth and John done told the truth and prophesied the truth and they got him in jail and the girl dances and makes Herod happy and they killed his cousin over some bowl. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation where you're looking at it and you're thinking, this don't make no kind of sense for them to kill them like that, for them to put that person down like that. And in the frustrated moment, Jesus has compassion for people. Verse 23 says, they went away. They're going to take Jesus away. But... The people who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all over the towns and got there ahead of them. And Jesus led in and saw the large crowd. He had compassion on them. God help us. And because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began teaching them many things. second thing I want you to notice about this story is the people ran for ministry. People ran for ministry. The people ran ahead. People got there early. Oh, God. Let it be that we will run for Jesus again. Let it be that we will run. For Jesus I want us to think about everything we run for Oh, help us I want everybody watching around the world to think about everything you get dressed for and everything you run for and everything you rush for and everything you determine to look good for and not be late for and ask yourself can you run for Jesus like that can you run ahead for teaching can you run ahead for healing Lord, may there be a day again where folk will run for Jesus and run for teaching. Verse 35 says, By this time it's late in the day. His disciples came to him and said, Look, this is a remote place and it's already very late. I want you to send the people away. Jesus, let's send these people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside, villages, and buy themselves something to eat. The disciples came and said, now Jesus, we done had church, we have had service, we had church over there, and we pretty much were done with church. We decided service was over, and we got in the boat, came over here. These folk wanted a night service. Anybody remember night service on Sunday? Oh, I need a witness in the building. No, no, I need a witness in the building, for real. You had Sunday school at 9.30, put your kids in Sunday school, then they had adult Sunday school with some dry teacher who couldn't really teach all that good, and then they had that, and then at 11 o'clock was the start of devotions, service, and you sang the hymns, you had testimony service, Don't, don't get quiet on me now, and Mother Johnson told her same testimony every single Sunday, Thank the Lord for praising God, waking me up this morning. Praise God, praise God, clothing my right mind. Praise God, brought me in my long way. Praise God, God, pray my strength in the Lord. Pray my strength in the Lord. Every week. Oui. Every now and then the pastor would have to remind the person talking that this was testimony service. Y'all don't know. Because they would start complaining and I was at my job and they done laid me off. And this old mean, her name is Mary. Y'all pray for her. She got a demon. And the pastor would have to be like, now, Sister Johnson, this is testimony. should not get up till 1230 good and when he got up he's acknowledging oh i see that brother smith is back from and how how's your uncle doing you're sitting there like bro can you get to this sermon so we can get up out of here before biscuitville bill it was he just warming up just taking his time then he's where are we gonna go from uh, let's see then he got somebody from the crowd reading stand up brother johnson and read and jesus said, and jesus said it took 30 minutes to read the scripture. If y'all are like me and you a PK or your mama run the church, you don't leave till everybody gone. Get out of here. You don't even know what I'm talking about. Which means you dare till three. You in the back sleeping with the print of the pew in your face. Get out of here. And they laid one of those fans with the family on it with the stick. Get out of here on your face. What I'm saying is, you had to be back at 6 o'clock. <laughs> Don't you mess up your church clothes because you had church clothes and school clothes and play clothes. All right. What I'm saying is, is the disciple said, hey, we had morning service. It was glorious. We done come back and had a night service. Now it's getting late. And we need to let these folk go to eat because real apostles. Throw this out here. Real apostles, real disciples, real apostles realize the time. Part of our problem in the church is we don't have no real apostles. Real apostles realize it's getting late. Real apostles have their eye on the clock. Real apostles are thinking, how long have we been talking? Anybody that called themselves an apostle that had you in a service for seven hours does not really have apostleship on them.
0: If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible.
1: Because real apostles realize the time. Real apostles know the reality of the area. They know it's dry. They know it's remote. They understand. That this is not an easy place to do business. This is not an easy place to be a woman. This is not an easy time to be black. This is not an easy time to be Hispanic. This is not an easy time to live in Ghana. This is not an easy time to be a man. This is not an easy time to be white. It's not an easy time. They understand the dryness of the moment. Anybody whose head is so in the clouds that it's so much Jesus, 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 that they don't acknowledge that it's not easy for you to pay your bills is not a real apostle. The disciples, the apostles who are with Jesus come to him and say, now, look, church has been amazing, but we got to shut this thing down. It's getting late. This area is remote. Real apostles understand people are human. You want to know why folk don't really want to go to the churches no more? It's because we forgot folk are human. We don't forgot folk have needs. We forgot folk get hungry. Humans have physical needs appetites and needs. Real apostles understand that. So the disciples come to Jesus and say, hey, listen, we got to shut this down. We got to let folk go. It's getting late. It's going to get dark soon. And folk got to find something to eat. And, you know, because, you know, they have needs. You know, folk have needs. No matter how much Holy Ghost you got, you're still a human being. No, no, I no, I'm saying I'm sorry. Well, we have to fix this. No matter how much Holy Ghost you got, no matter how much tongues you speak in, no matter how much ecumenic, no matter how much of that you have, you still gonna get hungry at some point. No matter how much Jesus you have, you have to go to the bathroom. Oh, I need a witness in the bill. No matter how much Jesus you have, you need a bath. Don't get so Holy Ghost filled that you don't wear no deodorant. Oh help us. No matter how much Jesus you have, brush your teeth. Prophesy me with that hot and God said and I'm like oh is that the Lord (laughs) that uh, just because you have the Holy Ghost don't mean you don't have human needs real apostles real disciples get that Jesus says to them well you give them something to eat They said, Jesus, it would take more than a year's, half a year's wages to get bread for all these people. Are we going to spend that much bread on them and give it to them to eat? the, The thing that I love about Jesus is that messianic power fills both bellies. Messianic power fills both bellies. Jesus, when it's really messianic, when the Messiah is really present, it just doesn't fill you Spiritually. Jesus is really in the building, if Jesus is really in the ministry, if Jesus is really in the church, if Jesus is really in that person that's talking, if Jesus is really in the apostle, if Jesus is really in them, then they got a word for you that's not just spiritual, but that also has something for your, for your actual appetite. Jesus says, yeah, I, I, I want us to do both. I, I want, to tell you what, why don't y'all not only lay hands on them, but feed them. Make sure they get something to eat. The very daunting task to not just focus on the spiritual, but to also focus on the physical and the mental. One of the reasons why the Lord has spoken to me this whole vision around Victory Park is because, yeah, I want to have a church. And yeah, we're relocating our church. And yeah, we're going to do amazing ministry there, but we can't just minister to people on a spiritual level. We have to minister to the whole man, gentlemen. We have to minister to the whole man. We have got to minister to people spiritually. We also have got to connect them to purpose. We got to get them in some spaces where they deal with what's going on with them psychologically. We have to get them in some spaces where they learn about money. It's It's a daunting task. Jesus says to them, Go see what you have. How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. Go see what you got. Jesus says to his disciples, I want you to go and see what you have to feed the people. I want you to go and see what you have to feed the people. I, I, I really, I, I know I've been going for just a bit. And I'm almost done. I need your attention more than ever. Watching me around the world, I need your attention more than ever because this is my whole main point. And I took a long time to get here, and I'm sorry I'm a preacher. I talk a lot. If we, beloved, could understand that the call is not to go and see what we have so we can eat. He says... I want you to go see what you have so that we can bless the people. One of the keys to more than enough money is for you to realize that God will bless you with more than enough when you switch gears and understand that what he gives you ain't for you. I'm going to make everybody clap for that because I know it's a little bit of a hard word because we want for us what we want. But the Lord says, well, go see what y'all got. So they go and they see and they come back with these loaves and these fishes. And Jesus tells the people, sit down. So my sixth point is that the people have to sit down and Jesus gives thanks. Sit down and be grateful. I got that in there. Sit down and be thankful. Be glad for what you have. And then Jesus takes the loaves and the fish, breaks them, gives them to the disciples. I want you to hear this. Gives them to the disciples. Then the disciples take the fish and the loaves and they give it to the people and everybody eats and is full. So the five thousand, some say ten to fifteen thousand, they all get a meal. Hear me. Ten to fifteen thousand got a meal. It's a miracle. Jesus worked a miracle of provision so that ten to fifteen thousand men, women, and children got a meal. Eight till they were satisfied. So the loaves, the fish, Jesus blessed it, broke it, gave it to his disciples. Then the disciples took that and gave it to the people and the people got fed one time. Everybody say amen. I said, everybody say amen. Important point everybody got a meal, but in verse 43 it says, And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish, and the number of men who had eaten was 5,000. So, I want you to understand here, 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 here it is. This is my point there were 12 apostles. So the 12 guys that came to Jesus and said, listen, the people need to eat. It's getting late. The the 12 guys that were concerned about somebody besides themselves got loaves and fish. And then Jesus blessed it and broke it. The 10 to 15,000 people ate. And then the 12 who decided to get their focus off themselves ended up collecting a basket each that was overflowing. Oh, I hope you did not miss that. I'm trying to tell you that the way to get to overflow is to not be a eater. If you are here and you're watching and you're thinking, oh my God, what a miracle. If Jesus can just give me bread and fish for the day, I'll be happy. Awesome. But understand you are limiting God. The way to get to abundance is for you to tell God what you will do with the blessing that he gives you. If you ever got on your knees and told God, God, if you give me my own company, God, if you bless this thing, God, if you ever let me get this investment going off, God, let me tell you what I'll do. I'm going to feed this one. I'm going to bless this one. I'm going to pay for this one to go to school. I'm going to make this thing happen. I'm going to go in this direction. I'm going to do that. Lord, if you ever will do that, God will bless you with the overflow basket. I'm going to make everybody clap for that. I want you to identify me too, Lord, with the apostles. The disciples, not the crowd. Please, way for me to get you to be the kings and queens that God is calling you to be is for you to get your eyes off yourself. If you're only thinking about what kind of car you'll drive, you'll never get to overflow. The way to get to overflow is to think, who you will bless with a car. you ever think who you'll bless with a car, that'll give you so many cars because he knows that he can trust you. But what's more is the overflow is connected to the giving, not the eating. The disciples are tired. The disciples have preached. Elder, they have taught. John the Baptist is dead. They know his disciples. I'm sure they spend time with one another. I'm sure it is a sad occasion. They got their eyes off themselves and got their eyes on the crowd that was harassed like sheep without a shepherd. Gentlemen, I would contend That every one of us in here, every man watching and every man that's in this room, I would contend that we are doing better mentally, spiritually, psychologically, and maybe even financially better than most men in the world. The fact that you're in this room. It's nothing but a miracle. The fact that you're in this room is God's hand on your life. God's got something for you that's even greater. If we could ever realize that the fish and the loaves ain't for you, the basket is for you. Oh, I speak the basket. The basket. Oh, I'm going to speak the basket of whoever will receive it. The basket is for you. The basket. If all you've ever done is eaten enough to be satisfied for that one moment, you missed the basket. The basket is for the people who decide, I don't want to be a pond of blessing. I want to be a river. I want blessing. I speak this over everybody. I speak blessing to flow through me, not to me. Oh, I need a witness in the... I'm speaking blessing to flow through you. I don't just want God to bless you, bruh. If you are the pipe that the water flows through, you will always be wet. You will always have... You will never worry about a thing if you are the conduit of blessing. We have to get our eyes off of us and realize that God will bless you with more than enough money if the more than enough money ain't for you. Because what you don't understand is don't nobody like a stingy rich person. Oh, nobody wants to say amen on that one. You think you have haters now? Get $5 million and see how much people hate on you if you don't help nobody. The minute you decide that you are going to be the disciple and the giver and not just the eater, you open a path of miraculous provision in your life through your job, through your side hustle, through your business, through your dream, through your investment. I was watching a stock, I was watching one, and, now, and then it went down, and went all the way down to $6.70, and I was like, oh, I'm going to buy it when it gets to $6.50, and then I didn't buy it when the Holy Ghost told me to buy it. See, if the Holy Ghost is going to tell me something, I want the Holy Ghost to tell me stuff like that. I don't know about you. I'm so sick of these people. The Lord spoke to me and told me, eat, eat some Cheerios. I don't need the Lord to tell me nothing about no Cheerios. I need the Lord to tell me when to buy and sell. Who am I talking to? I, I need the Lord to tell me. To, I need the Lord to tell some of y'all the number, the Powerball. No, let me know. I need some of y'all. I know I'm not the only one. 75 million. Lord, tell me that number. What was our scripture numbers today? Matthew, Mark, chapter 6, 6, 30, 44. Write this down. 6, 8, 6, 9. I, I, I've told the Lord, you want to tell me something? Who am I talking to? Tell me the no- God, when I pray, I pray that prayer and I never play it because I know I'll make the news and folk will be talking about me and I, I'm going to get somebody to play. What I'm saying is, if you want God to move, tell God what you'll do with the money for somebody else. You're not, God gonna bless, not gonna bless you because you're greedy. God don't like greed. God don't like ugly. Come to realize that the way to blessing, I don't like to talk about myself too much because I ain't the point and it ain't about me. It's about Christ. But anybody in here who knows me, knows me, not watching through the screen, not, hey, Pastor Andy, knows me, knows that You haven't met anybody as generous as me in your life. Say amen. I'm looking at my godchildren, whose rent I done paid and stuff I done done for. You know why I do that? Because if you want more, you got to get rid of what you have. Oh my goodness, right now. If right now you want more furniture, you got to get rid of the furniture that you have. And so if I want more, it is I've got to bless somebody so that God can bless me 30, 60, and 100 times. What I had before, I always have. God if you want somebody to hate on be free to hate on me because I have discovered the way to be blessed is to bless somebody else and I'm a father to the fatherless and I'm a friend to the friendless and I take care of widows and orphans yes I do and I always have a God blessing me Who am I talking to? Who am I talking to? If you tell God what you'll do. Sometimes the folk who handle my money and help me say, do you understand how much you give and how much you loan and how much you bless and how much you, and I'll say, I know, but do you realize what God has done for me? Do you realize where he brought me from? Do you realize where I used to be and I told God, if you ever bless me, I told God, if you ever give me a mega church, I told God, if you ever make it so I don't have to worry about it, I told God, if I'm this generous when I owe, imagine how generous I'll be when I'm debt free. Who am I talking to? I told God, you set me free from debt, God, I can't tell you how. I'll give away more than I keep. Amen. The way to abundance is by blessing somebody else. We think about abundance as blessing. Lord, bless me. That's not the way to abundance. The way to abundance is bless. 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 Stop stepping over homeless people. Stop driving by everybody with a sign. I don't know what they're gonna do with that money. You ain't gonna do nothing with it. They probably drank that $5. You drank yours in your old Starbucks. See, I would contend the Bible says, you don't know who you taking care of. That could be an angel standing up. You don't, you have no idea that God might be just testing to see. Can you reach in your dashboard and give somebody a dollar that you ain't going to feel? The way to be blessed is to be a blessing. You don't get to be blessed just to be blessed. You get to be blessed when you make a blessing people plan. Start telling God who you'll pay to go to college. Who you pay for. Start telling God that. Start telling God who, who's, who you'll buy a house for. Start telling God that. Start watching people like Shaquille O'Neal and people like that who walk through Walmarts and buy kids bikes. And don't just let them tears hit you. Say, God, have you ever blessed me like that? Lord, if you ever make a way for me like that? I will never let a kid go like that. Start telling God you're blessing other people plan and see if he won't bless you. The way for you to have more than enough is for you to be generous and give, and it shall be given unto you again. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over, will men pour into your lap. If you receive that, I want you to put your hands together. No, I, I'm saying if you receive it, I want you to put your hands together. Wait, wait, son, wait. Sit down. Let me just say this to you. I said this to one of the top givers. I'm saying this to all of you. Kings and queens. Kings and queens. One of the challenges in the body is that prophets only want to anoint other prophets. I'm going to anoint kings and queens Pentecost Sunday. Don't want to miss Pentecost Sunday. When is Pentecost Sunday? Somebody look it up. I don't want to say it and then I end up I'm not here. It's in a few weeks. June 5th. 5th. Great. June 5th. First Sunday in June. Pentecost Sunday. I'm going to be anointing people's hands to be kings and queens. Lord has told me I'm going to use my prophetic anointing. I'm going to anoint you to be king and queen. I'm going to anoint you so that you will touch stuff and it prosper. No, I'm not kidding. I want you to put your hands together. I was talking to God. God got mad at me. I was talking to the Lord because I was coveting the fact that I was listening to other preachers that were talking, and they were of another color than me. I won't say what color it is, what nationality it is. I won't say. And they were talking about all the millionaires they have. And I thought, isn't it wonderful to be that color and have all those millionaires? And the Lord said to me, well, why don't you believe that you can have just as many millionaires Oh, I'm speaking that in the room right now. And so I said, all right, Lord, Pentecost Sunday, I'm going to anoint people to be kings and queens. Now, you don't get to be king if you're only going to think about yourself. That's a bad king. You don't get to be queen. If you're only going to think about yourself. You're going to be a bad boss. You, you don't get to be queen. If you're going to think about yourself. The reason why the Lord blesses you. With royalty in your blood. Is because your thought is for your people. They are your care. So there is an anointing. To be king. There is an anointing to be queen. If God can trust you. With wealth. And I'm going to ask God to entrust you with wealth, land and property and stuff that you could not buy, things that you could not afford. I'm going to speak it over you, and I'm going to pray that anointing on you. It's on me, and I'm going to pray that anointing on you on Pentecost Sunday. You want to come back here. You don't want to miss it. If you're watching around, you want to be in here. We're going to anoint folk. Now, clap your hands if you believe God. Now you can play, son. I'm sorry. So let's give right now in this moment. Let's give to the building fund. Let's give in our pledge. While you're giving, let me tell you, there's one person in this story I did not talk about. I read him, but I didn't talk about him intentionally. I saved him for this moment. It's the boy with the loaves and the fish. You got 5,000 men, 10, 15,000 people. Jesus says, go see what you have. They go to see what they have, and didn't nobody have nothing except one boy? So, what you're trying to tell me if you need an African envelope, you can simply raise your hand. If you're watching around the world, take a picture of the QR code. What you're trying to tell me is there's 5,000 men there. <laughs> no, wait a minute. There's 5,000 men there. Women and children, 10, 15,000, and no one had any food. No one? Just this one boy? See, I don't believe that. I believe the disciples went out and said, hey, what you got, what you got, what you got, what you got. And some folk are in there heard What are they trying to do? What are they trying to do? I think they're trying to feed everybody. Oh, man. Look at all these people. I'm not giving them my thing. i going to try to feed everybody. We have a tendency to judge a move of God based on how many people received something this particular story, 5,000 men ate, gentlemen, 10 to 15 thousand women and children, ladies ate in this moment, but of all the people that ate only one person gave everybody that went home told the story ooh, I had a lunch, Jesus worked a miracle and had a lun- and made me lunch this little boy went home and told his mama and said, Mama, I gave Jesus my lunch. And Jesus took my lunch and fed 15,000 people with my lunch. Oh, my Lord. He, I want you to know that little boy never looked at fish and bread the same ever again. Now, what are we trying to do? We are trying to build a building That not only will house our church and we'll have one of the greatest worship centers, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a global worship center spot and, and we're saving up everything. We ain't fixing nothing yet. We see this line in the screen and we're going to leave it there until we get out of here because we ain't buying another piece of nothing for this building that we don't own. So, yeah, we're going to have a global worship center. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be awesome children's ministry. It's going to be amazing, and we're it's going to be our permanent home. We've been leasing these spaces, and it's nice, but it's time for us to go, and we have ministry that we can only do there, and this is an absolute necessity for us to get out of this building. Not only are we going to save money, but we're going to be able to do ministry there we haven't been able to do here. That's awesome. But you know what else we're going to do there? We're going to bless the community. I'm gonna make you clap for that. We're gonna feed the 5,000. We're gonna need, we're gonna feed the 10,000. We're gonna feed the 15,000. We're determined to change the lives of our people. Through sports, through guidance counseling, through counseling, through education around finances and money. This is not gonna be a place that only is for church people. Anybody will be able to walk onto this campus and have an opportunity for their life to be changed and to get their loaves and fish. And What I need you to do is give me your lunch today. Now, I'm sure, just like in this story, folk looking around and thinking, look at all these people. Look at all them. What the, what's their subscription? They got 50,000 people. They got folk watching all over. this the world of coming? They don't need my lunch. Yes, we do. I want you to understand that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And there is a faith level you go to when you don't just eat your loaves and fish, but you give your loaves and fish. So I want you to make a pledge. I want you to give and watch God bless you in this room around the world i want you to be faithful we're gonna feed thousands we already have we've been doing it for 20 years but god is going to use us in an even greater way to touch the world with the gospel of jesus christ let's pray lord i want to thank you for this moment. Thank you for these people that gather together in church today. Thank you for everyone that's watching around the area. Thank you for all of the people that are connected to our ministry, the thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are connected to us, Lord, a a people too great to number, and for the folks that are watching around the world at different times, God, we ask you to take all of these offerings and multiply them just like you did in this loaves and fish story, just like you fed the 5,000, God, we're asking you to multiply us, not for us, not for stuff, not for cars, not for things, but to bless your people, We're looking for supernatural, miraculous provision. We're believing you for jobs and better jobs and raises and benefits and bonuses and new businesses and gifts and surprises. We're believing for stocks to jump up, go to a whole nother level. We're believing, God, that we'll buy at six, buy at seven, buy at eight, buy at nine, and them shares be worth a thousand dollars. God, we're praying that you will do a work worthy of your name in us. Fill us full of yourself. Holy Ghost, speak to us. Give us witty inventions and ideas. Make all our plans succeed. And we'll praise you. In Jesus' name, we all sit together. Amen. God bless you as you give. So many awesome things that are happening at the church as always. And, and uh, just a few things I want to highlight. And I just, if you could just stay in your seat just for a second, let these faithful men, these armor bearers, and, uh, we had a men's event yesterday, we had hundreds of men there, it was awesome, gentlemen, we want you to know we're going to a whole nother level Another level with men's ministry, and the women's ministry had a luncheon too, it was just a powerful time, and uh, it's not too hard. Gentlemen, you hear how the ladies clap for their thing? It's okay, dude, we chill, but we're we're moving forward, we had such an awesome time, and uh But there are some amazing things that are happening coming up with us. I think next Sunday is Old School Sunday. Next Sunday is Old School Sunday. So uh, I mean, I know I dressed up today, but we—I'm probably have a robe on or something. And you can dress up in church and wear your church lady hat. And uh, and uh, and if you're a woman, hallelujah. And uh, and then we're gonna come and we're gonna have an awesome service together. It's gonna be amazing. And uh, the Lord spoke to me this away game thing. And uh, I don't know if you if you heard about it or where it came from. Since we are now at a place, if any of you that have been faithful members of World Overcomers been here over the last five, seven, ten years, you know there was a time when we used to fill this room three times on a Sunday morning. We had three services. We'd fill this room three times. And uh, and to to and to be honest, beloved, at this point now, those people are still a part of our church. They're still here. They're still giving. They're just. We're we're just online. Folks come and we're online. And so, since the greater percentage of people are watching online, it made me say, well, Lord, then where we have church doesn't matter as much. And so... There's this idea of this away game thing, and I'm kind of hesitating to talk about it because I don't want everybody stealing and biting my ideas, biting my rhymes. But we're going to be doing this thing in Charlotte. It's happening Fourth of July weekend, and so we already have a lot of people registered for it, and we've only been advertising it in Charlotte for a couple of weeks, and uh, it's going to be an exciting thing. And so whether you meet us in Charlotte, Fourth of July weekend, and uh, what is that, July 3rd? July 3rd. Did you guys pass the buckets? Yes, so whether you meet us there July third, and uh, whether you meet us there for that, or whether you are here and at the watch party that will be here uh, for our for our live service because we're going to be having our service. Yeah, you can give it to me. Want to give it to me? You can give it to me. And uh, whether we're going to be whether we're going to be okay. Thank you, <laughs> Elder Dion, and uh, and uh, our, the marriage ministry so real love married couples ministries like you mentioned and stuff give a shout out hallelujah and so for men's ministry women's ministry married couples ministry couples ministry so much happening you have a card out that has a qr it's in the lobby in the lobby now so when you're leaving today interested in that then, uh, then there's a, a card out there with the QR code on it. Are all minds clear? Remember when the pastor used to say that? And, uh, and so, uh, but this thing is going to happen. It's going to be powerful. Just so many different things that we're doing as a church. I want you to know about that. You know somebody in the Charlotte area? Let them know. July 3rd, we're having a service there in Charlotte. Live, whole band and team, and everybody's going to be there. It's going to be awesome. Amen. Stand to your feet. Lord, we want to thank you for our time together. Lord, we want to thank you for your anointing that destroys the yoke. Lord, we want to thank you for miraculous provision. Lord, we want to thank you for the word we heard. Thank you, Lord God, for the gifts that were given unto men. Thank you, Lord God, for the anointing that destroys the yoke. Now, God, dismiss us from this place, never from your presence. Cover us with your blood. Lead us and guide us into all truth. Bring us back next Sunday as we continue to talk about the money train and blessing and prosperity and and as we move forward in chasing after your will have your way in us thank you for the visitors that were with us in the room and online and god as we always pray bless your people make your face shine upon your people be gracious to your people and give us peace and we'll praise you in jesus name we all said together amen god bless you greet somebody in the name of the lord give somebody an elbow bump or something god bless you See you
0: next Sunday. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast for more information on W.O.C.C. and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.